The Yankees are on the brink of elimination again. After a head-scratching game two with a 1-0 lead in the series, the Rays have stormed back and taken the last two games. Now the Bombers turn to Jordan Montgomery to save their season. We try to make sense of it all next on an all-new playoff edition of the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. All rise, here's a Pinstripe Pod. Welcome back to another playoff edition of the Pinstripe Pod, our New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. I'm Chris Sheeran alongside my co-host, former Lockdown Yankees reliever, four-time World Series champion. That's four-time World Series champion Jeff Nelson. Give us a follow on Twitter. I'm at Chris Sheeran. Yes, Nelly is at NYNelly43. Make sure to catch up on all episodes of the Pinstripe Pod by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, where you can give us a five-star rating and a positive review as well. We appreciate it. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, or Google as well. You can also find Renaissance Man there, the new New York Post podcast with the great Jalen Rose. Before Nelly and I start to unpack a lot of things that have been going on in this ALDS, I will step aside for a brief moment and welcome in our resident Met fan to bring out the hot poker and start needling us. Uh, Jake, go ahead. Well, here's I want to have a little breathing exercise and have Yankee fans, before you rant and rave, everyone, take a quick second. I want you to breathe in. Sharon, do it with me. Nope. Breathe out. <laughs> I'd rather hyperventilate. Thank you very much. Everyone say goose, Fraba. Why would you want goose. to calm me down before I do a podcast? Why in, in, why in God's name would you want that? I was trying you, to give a quick therapy session, but anyways. You, you want lit up, Sharon. You don't want relaxed on the couch, Sharon. You want Sharon like lit on fire, dumpster fire inside a train wreck, Sheeran. Well, I was That's setting the scene for that, but I just wanted you to breathe first because you know if you if you lose all your breath to, you don't want to blow it too quickly so uh no 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 no, no jake's no, had no. a lot of practice at this you know yeah. Mets fans have had a lot of practice at this so you know yeah he's trying, to, he's trying to help us out a little bit a boy nelly all he, right he, guys he, well <laughs> I'll, I'll lob it to you now game yeah. two just an absolute debacle pulling davy garcia and getting cute after uh, one right. inning so take a deep breath and let it rip well, as Jake just brought up, you know, we haven't done this since Sunday night, Nelly. We we previewed the series before it started, and, and we've watched the rest of the series unfold up until game four, which is scheduled for tonight as we tape this on Thursday. Game one, you know, went exactly how the Yankees planned it. Jeff, Garrett Cole, uh, nine outs from the bullpen, up one nothing in the series. And then I started to get a little edgy when the game two starter wasn't announced and then it was announced. And then we found out it was Davey Garcia. It was like, okay, they're going to give the kid a shot. Uh, this is going to be interesting to watch play out. And then uh, the wheels come off the bus with the whole hap situation. And Nelly, I'll give you credit on two things. The first thing is something you said early on when we first started doing this podcast, your main concern with this Yankee team was its pitching staff. And that's coming, it's rearing itself right now to an ugly head. And we're seeing that as we do this now. And the other night, game two, I got a text from Nelly 
I don't like this at all. When when Garcia got pulled and he was absolutely right, we all know what happened. But Jeff, just your thoughts on everything that has transpired since that game one victory. Well, I mean, we're going to get into it heavy today, you know, about their game two decisions. But, you know, if they if they get through today and win tonight game four, I like their chances in game five because Cole is pitching and I, I don't like their chance the raise chances. So they do have a chance to get through this and try to erase their game two mistakes. I have no idea what the Yankees were thinking starting Davey Garcia, not just starting him, but pulling him more importantly, pulling him after one inning. You've wasted two starters. Jay Happ did not deserve to come into the second inning. He wasn't. And if the Yankees had any kind of inclination, like, oh, we want they, we want Cash to change up his lineup because it was an all-lefty lineup, we'll bring in a left-handed starter in the second inning. Well, Jay Happ is not that kind of lefty. He's not a dominant lefty to, to get out left-handers. So Cash wasn't budging. He never pinched it. He stayed with his plan <laughs> good hey you know what you want to put hap in great waste two starters you just threw a kid okay gave up the home run who cares he could have went deeper into the game let him start if you're gonna let him start let him start jay hap finished the season strong i feel bad for jay hap yeah okay the first time the yankees got him he did a great job and then all of a sudden when they signed into the two-year deal he has not done well at all but the last what six out of seven five out of six starts that he finished the year with he deserved to get a start in the postseason whether it was game two game four or whatever it was he deserved to get a start he's used to his whole routine as a starter playing long talk stretching doing what he has to do to get prepared for that game going out in the outfield playing catch moving it into the bullpen getting ready for the first inning now you just screwed up his whole game what well, i don't we, get Jeff, i don't get it at all what do we hear all the time i've talked to david Cohn. i've talked to you i've talked to a lot of major league pitchers throughout the years whether they were in the clubhouse or whether they were former players and they all say the same thing the common denominator with starting pitchers you could try to reinvent the wheel and try to do what the yankees did on on uh, in game two on tuesday night but every single pitcher i've talked to and i know you were a reliever but even you have told me from the starters you've known they are creatures of habit routine yes they, they routine. have their routines even half said it post game Someone, I think it was Danny Martin of the Post, actually, who asked him, he said, would you have preferred to start that game? And did you tell the Yankees that? And he said, yes and yes. But as far as the strategy, he deferred when asked two times. He said, if you want to talk about the strategy of the game, hey, Hap is a pro. He knows how to handle the media. He's been in Philadelphia. He's been in Toronto. He's been in New York now for a couple of years. He knows how to do this. He's, he deferred to Aaron Boone. He said, if you want to talk about that decision, you have to talk to the manager. You have to talk to the front office. I wanted to start, and I wanted to start in the first inning. It made no sense to do that. And I think the biggest thing there, Jeff, and I know Garcia only threw 25 pitches, but you're talking about getting him heated up, going through his routine, going through the bullpen before the game, throwing his warm-up pitches before the first inning, and then throwing 25 pitches. So to just be so cavalier about it and say, oh, well, he'll come back in game four. Okay, a 21-year-old kid who has one freaking inning of postseason experience, which he just got when you yanked him after one, the whole thing makes no sense. And to your point, bring I texted you. There's evidence on my phone. It's not like the Yankees were bringing in Randy Johnson or Sandy Koufax or this big-time lefty. You know, Steve Carlton, they're not bringing in a world beater. 
They're not, and again, this is nothing against Hap, but look at the season he had. Yeah, he corrected things towards the end of the season, but if you got early season Hap, this is what was going to happen, and what happens? Kevin Cash doesn't flinch. Like you said, Nelly, this is not Randy Johnson coming in. I'm not going to change my lineup because Jay Hap's coming into the game, and they end up winning game two, and to me, and this is something we talked about off the air, and I'll bring it up now, the momentum. The, it's a thing. You could speak to it. You've been on so many World Series championship teams and so many great baseball teams. You could speak to this. Momentum is a thing, and it's real, and the Yankees gave it to the Rays in game two. They did, and, I, you know, okay, Hap didn't do a great job, but his mindset probably had a lot to do with him not succeeding in that game. He deserved a start. He deserved to start a game, a postseason game. He finished the year strong. I agree. You, yeah. you needed him as a starter, not a guy coming in in the second inning. So right from the beginning, right from the get-go, his mindset was already, I'm pissed. You know, I, I should have started. I wanted to start. I went to them. I went to Boone, went to Cashman, whoever he went to. I want to start this game. They didn't want to go that route. Their analytic department, which has not worked whatsoever, uh, you know, especially in a postseason, you can't you throw the analytics. Yes, there's room for it. And I I, I love analytics. But it's got to be a marriage, smart. Jeff. Yes. It's got to be you a marriage. You can't script a freaking postseason right. game. The Yankees have tried to do it. The Dodgers have tried to do it. And they have failed. We'll see what happens this year with the Dodgers. Yes, they have an unbelievable team. Let's see. Jay Happ deserves deserved to start. His mindset was not in the game his mindset was not going into the second inning about oh I got to come in after Garcia after I know that I'm going to pitch the second inning your mindset a starter's mindset is just like a reliever they get they get ready to go maybe the night before maybe as soon as they wake up they have a routine that they go go through the throughout the whole day and they get to the park at a certain time they start their whatever they do with the trainer whatever they do in the weight room they're stretching and it gets goes all the way to that first inning Hap, Hap didn't have that Hap was already chapped that he didn't he didn't get that he didn't get that start and I understand why and, and, I, and I don't fault him for going out there and giving it up I, I it's unfortunate but I don't fault him for it I don't fault him for it either and I know each of us have our issues with Alex Rodriguez uh when he's doing ESPN Sunday Night Baseball but when you take A-Rod out of that booth and put him in a post-game pre- and post-game situation in the Fox studio I I, I think he improves exponentially and and this is what he said and just bear with me here Nelly because I want to get your thoughts on this too but this is what he said on the Fox post game show last night he's still scratching his head uh he said you're the New York Yankees you're the biggest most successful franchise maybe in sports you're number one in payroll with 240 million you have to play your game you've done it for over 120 years you have 27 championships you've done it as an alpha You've done it the old-fashioned way. You get to game one, you do it the old-fashioned way. Great starting pitching, and you get nine outs from the bullpen. Then to game two, the front office wants to get involved, and then you start getting gimmicky. To me, the Yankees roster has to bail out Brian Cashman in the front office, and they've done some wonderful things, and I agree with them that you know they have found some great players and done wonderful things. He, this is what A-Rod said, game two is a mistake. And it was a mistake for about 20 different reasons. The players start saying, and this is what made me raise my eyebrow. The players start saying, what are we doing? You start spending so much time trying to figure out how to outsmart the Ivy Leaguers over there. That's not your game. Don't play Jeopardy. Play baseball. Players win championships. And he says, I'm sorry for ranting here, but we used to say if a manager can stay out of the game, that'll be great. Now we have to say front offices have to stay out of the game. Frustrating. Now, I, I, I agree with him. 1,000%, and it goes back to what both of us were just talking about, Nelly, and that 
analytics have a part in the game. They do. Obviously, the shift works. I, I would say 85 to 90% of the time it works because players are robotic now. They just try to pull the ball. It's launch angle. It's all this other crap. It's not professional hitting. You don't have Tony Gwynn anymore playing in the major leagues. There has to be a marriage, though. You have to have some gut if you're a manager in that dugout. You cannot script games. You know, this isn't something. This isn't a game two of a series in July. This is game two of the ALDS against a team, by the way, that won eight of ten. Eight of ten against you in a reg in the regular season. I just want to know what you feel about what Alex said, because I, I, I agree with him a thousand percent. Yeah. He finally said something smart. Yeah. You know, that was, that was nice to see, but yeah, I agree with him. You know, you're right. Analytics have a lot, has a, has a big part in the game. And, and during the regular season, I, I think it does play a, a, a big part and it probably does help players. I mean, some players can handle a lot of information. Some can't. And I think the coaches, uh, maybe some do a great job of, of picking through that and saying, okay, who can I get, can give, the most information to uh, postseason. You cannot script the game. You know, I've talked to John Smoltz many of time and we just scratch our head. And, and when, when teams try to script a postseason game and they have no feel whatsoever, I, I, I don't like to use a Houston Astros as an example because of the way they cheated. And, you know, and I, it's probably a wrong, it's probably a wrong example, but you know, AJ Hinch did a great job and he's probably going to get another managerial job of, of trying to play a try you know, really playing both parts, the field part and, and the analytical part. Uh, and he had a feel for the game. Uh, so with that, you look at the Dodgers. They did not have a feel for the game. Davey Robertson, their front office, they try to script a postseason game all the time. Let's see how far they go and what they do uh, this year. And, and if, the, if, the, if it fails again, then obviously they're scripting a game. The Yankees won championship in 20 years. They go out and they script a postseason game all the time. And you can't do it. And you try to do it in game two, and it didn't work. And now you just, just like you pointed out, the momentum has shifted to the Rays. Game four is going to be a bullpen day for the Rays, something that they are used to doing, something that they have crafted, they've started in Major League Baseball. It works for them. It doesn't work for a lot of teams. I don't like it. I think a starter, you should have five quality starters, or at least three, and go with two, you know, four, and five for a reason. Well, but the Rays help. are used to doing that. It doesn't help that Severino missed the entire season. It doesn't help that Paxton got hurt. You know, the Yankees were set up about way back in March before Severino had his issues. They were set up to have Garrett Cole, James Paxton, Luis Severino, and, you know, Masahiro Tanaka potentially as your four. I mean, that 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 probably was the deepest rotation in Major League Baseball. And then, of course, you've got Paxton. He gets hurt. He's done. Severino's done. And now the Yankees, like you said, Nelly, and this was when they had that deep rotation, you were still concerned about the pitching. And if you want to know the difference in this series right now, Yankee fans, it's the bullpens. And it's usually Yankee fans who are putting their chest out, Nelly, and beating their chest saying, we have the bullpen. Our starters only have to go four or five innings, and then the game is over. Well, guess who that is now? That is the Tampa Bay Rays. The last two games, games two and three combined, the Rays have thrown eight innings out of their pen, two earned runs. That's a 2.25 ERA. The Yankees have thrown 13 innings. And yeah, you want to say, oh, but it was half. I don't care. They went to a bullpen game. He's a reliever, right? He's a reliever. 13 innings pitched, nine earned runs. That's a 6.23 ERA. And here's another thing Yankee fans have to put in the back of their pocket 
when Jordan Montgomery goes to the mound tonight, you better hope and you better pray that the Yankees have the lead in the sixth inning because combining regular and postseason, the Rays are 32 and 1, 29 and 0, and 35 and 0 when leading after six seven, and eight innings respectively. That bullpen doesn't look like it's going to falter anytime soon, Nelly. And if Montgomery doesn't have it early on and the Rays jump out to an early lead, let's face it, Randy Arozarena, <laughs> you better start pitching around this guy. He's got 12 hits through the Rays' first five games of the postseason. That's the most through five games in franchise history and matches the second most hits by any player through five playoff games in baseball history, only behind San Francisco's Will Clark, who had 13 in 1989, the earthquake year. And they're the most since uh, your teammate, Ichiro Nelly, had 12 hits through five games in 2001. But this raised bullpen, which is my point, and you know a lot about great bullpens, Nelly. You were a part of great bullpens with this Yankee team. It is not the Yankees anymore. It's the Rays. The Rays, Nelly, are sitting in the catbird seat right now because of the stable that Kevin Cash talked about beyond that wall. Well, the Yankees have two relievers, and that's Britton and Chapman, that's and it. that's it. And they only go one inning apiece. You're not going to get a very much more out of them, maybe four outs out of each one of them, maybe. Uh, if you want to go in the beginning, if the Yankees were going to bank on James Paxton, who I who I like, I, I mean, I think he's got great stuff. He's a great kid. Absolutely. Talk to him a little bit. If they were going to bank on him being healthy the rest of the year, then that doesn't show me it doesn't show me much of what they were thinking because you cannot bank on someone to stay healthy like James Paxton Paxton when he has a history of giving you 20 to 23 starts. 23 starts is the most he's ever had. He's not giving you 30. He's not giving you 33. You can't rely on someone like that and say, hey, this is well, hey, we got a great one-two punch. It's not going to be sustainable. Tanaka, the same ring. I mean, he's had an elbow issue for the last four years, and it's only a matter of time. You look you look at what he's been doing, everything's up in the zone. He doesn't, it's not as sharp as it used to be. I don't know. We'll talk, maybe talk about it later about him possibly coming back as a Yankee. But Severino was out. They didn't do anything at the deadline. Maybe it wasn't there to, to go out and get. There wasn't a whole lot to go out and get but going into the playoffs you're going into the playoffs with one starter and then all of a sudden you play the games in game two I just don't get it man I just don't they're gonna wind up and yes everything can change with a win today and I do like their chances in game five and and you know I, I do I think if they can win today then I think they go on to the LCS yeah hearing the frustration in your voice is is actually and I know this is weird to say it but it's music to my ears because sitting here as just someone who's been a fan of not, not the Yankees but the game of baseball his entire life and someone who's played not at the level obviously that you have his entire life to sit here and listen to a professional athlete who used to play for this team just get so frustrated and agitated by what's happening in front of him you know it speaks volumes because you think it's just fans but it's not there has to be a a lot of your ex-teammates too, Nelly, from the Yankees that have to be scratching their head at these moves too. And you brought up Tanaka, so I'll throw this out there. I didn't want to interrupt you as you were going through your point there, but he's allowed 11 earned runs this postseason and two starts. Now, I'm going to give him a pass. I I'm still going to give him a pass for that Indian start. There's no way he should have been out there in that monsoon to start it. That's number one. And number two, he did settle down after giving up those early runs. He, he was able to reel it back and keep the Yankees in that game for the time he was out there. He gave the offense a chance to come back. So while he has given up the 11 earned runs this postseason, again, I'm going to give him a little bit of, of a pass for that Indian series. But besides that, he allowed nine earned runs 
in his first eight postseason starts. This is why you see all the tweets, playoff Tanaka. That's what Yankee fans have come to expect. And this is something I thought about last night while watching this game, Nelly. And this is something I want I want to hear from you because this is something I've thought of. When you were on the Yankees, the expectation was winning. The past four years now, you almost expect to lose now. I, I don't know if anybody else feels that, but it, it just has this... It's the reverse. It's the exact 180 of what it was in the late 90s. There's an expectation to lose instead of an expectation to win. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Are they are they just happy to go to the playoffs now? Are they like every other team? Just, hey, made it to the postseason, and, hey, if we get to the World Series, good for us. It never used to be like that. You know, it was all about, hey, you know, World Series or bust. Not just World Series, win a World Series or bust. Now it's just, oh, you know, if we get to the playoffs, great. You know, I, I don't get it. You know, Tanaka just doesn't have his stuff anymore. Um, I can't see why they would bring him back. You know, I'm sorry he's been a great pitcher for them, but, I, you know, I think it's just a waste of money. And and for a guy who has mediocre stuff now, I, I just don't I just don't get it. You know, you talk about the bullpens and, and you watch these games and they're, they're so robotic. And Alex is right. You know, front office and analytics have got to stay out of the game. And I'm going to use a line that, that you just said before we went on. Stop looking in your, I want to say a bad word, but I better not, your damn hat. You know, every single <laughs> time you're, you're looking at your hat to say, okay, what do I throw? What count? Is it is a guy on second? Do I have to go over signs? They are making it so difficult to go out and pitch. Chad Green needs to learn how to not just throw the ball as hard as you can down the middle of the plate, work the corners, mix in another pitch, figure out how to pitch. Figure it out because you're not getting the job done. I'm tired of seeing Gary Sanchez behind the plate. Please move on. You know, go trade him in the wintertime. There's real muto out there. There's other guys out there that you can have behind the plate. There's a lot more successful. They'll, they'll be able to hit. He's a mental midget right now. Everything that's thrown there, he, he's just not catching. There's a ball, a curveball bounced off the top of his glove, and the umpire wound up calling it a strike, and it went to the backstop. Let's, let's move on. It, let's let's call it like it is, okay? Let, let's be honest. Yankee fans, they appreciated the honesty that the yes network had uh, after game two and i want to give a tip of the cap to all of my teammates over there because the way they all handled that game two stuff on the post game was a plus stuff michael k john flaherty uh, bob lorenz uh, meredith Morakovitz, all of them they, they did such a great job breaking that game down and they were honest about it so if you want honesty about gary sanchez here's what i'm sick of yeah, but you put him in the lineup because he could run into one. Okay, so you're telling me that you're into analytics and you'll put all these analytic numbers on Twitter, but you're just going to ignore, you're going to go old school with Gary Sanchez. He's j just going to, Chris Farley air quotes, run into one. If you watched game two, and I know both of us did, Nelly. He had non-competitive at-bats against guys throwing the ball right down the middle, 95-plus. He can't catch it. You want some more honesty? He's been with this organization 11 years since he's 16 years old. And he's still being taught how to catch. He's still being taught different ways to catch. 11 years in the organization. If I get one more text from my younger brother saying, can someone please teach this guy how to frame pitches? I don't know what the hell I'm, I could retire from, from the amount. He can't do it as a Yankee anymore. And guess what, Yankees? It's okay if you trade him away and he has success somewhere else. 
He's not going to have success as a New York Yankee. His catching skills are are, are terrible, and it, I think it's all in his head. He is such a no, mental guy. I watch him, and the confidence has never been there. You hit the nail oh. on the head. You hit the nail on the head. I actually – I talked to Gary maybe two or three years ago in the dugout with Marlon. Uh, he was there too, and he was, he was hitting high 200s. I think he was around 286 at the time, and he was pulverizing the ball, but he was in his own head. The conversation I had with him – I couldn't believe I was having it with him. He hadn't, it's exactly like you said, Nelly, he's got to get out of his own head. I think that's his main problem. And once he does that, once he's able to do, he can't do it though on the biggest stage year after year, you know, he came up in those first, uh, what was it? 53 at bats. He had 20 or 53 games. Uh, I'm sorry. He had those 20 home runs. Unbelievable. But since then, I mean, yeah, he had he had a great year last year. He had the most home runs as a catcher for a Yankee. He beat Yogi Berra's record. But see, that that to me, that's what everybody sees. It's like fairy dust. Everybody sees the fairy dust and they bury the bad stuff. But the bad stuff, Nelly, always rears its ugly head when? Now. When it counts, you have to be there when it counts. And I, I know we've been talking about all these negative things that have happened. I, I want to, I have to spin it to the positive because I can't, I, I just can't talk about negatives anymore. The two positive, well, I'm going to say three positives so far for this Yankee team against the Rays in this ALDS. Uh, I'll, I'll, do, I'll, I'll leave the obvious one for last. But the first one is Cole. The second one is Aaron Hicks. Hicks has been putting together, in my estimation, I don't know how you feel, but I've been watching these games intently. He has been putting together solid at bat after solid at bat. Whether he's working a walk after getting down in the count or he's working the, the count until he could find a pitch that he could barrel up and hit, he's had some of the best at bats for the Yankees in this postseason. He has been invaluable for that lineup. The other one is the obvious one. And and that is a guy that we've been down on this year. Let's be honest. And that's Giancarlo Stanton. A lot of Yankee fans have been down on him. It's time for us to, to switch around to a complete 180 and just, just say it. Giancarlo Stanton, he's homered in five straight postseason games. He's the first Yankee to do that. He broke Yan uh, Reggie Jackson's record. Daniel Murphy with the 2015 Mets, which I'm sure Jake knows all about, has the longest streak with six straight games with a home run. The team has hit 14 home runs so far this postseason. So it's not like they're not hitting home runs, but Stanton's hitting 417 with 10 ribbies. 10 of the 18 runs the Yankees have scored are because of Giancarlo Stanton. That cannot go unnoticed, but Nelly, it's being buried by all this negative stuff, but you have to be positive when you talk about Stanton. Oh, no doubt. You know, and the ball's flying. We talked about it in the preview that once they go out to California, uh, you know, their games are going to start at five o'clock, four o'clock, and the ball flies. Then during batting practice, the ball flies and then and you're seeing it. The ball is getting out. And once it gets a little darker around 7, 7.30, then the ball doesn't fly as well. And, and they're already in the, probably the eighth inning by then. But he's trotted around the bases, so he really hasn't been able to you know, pull anything or strain anything. You know, you can jog around and keep hitting bombs like you're doing. Uh, he's a guy that I think if, if you're the Rays, you're going to have to pitch around. You, you, you can't let this guy beat you in a, in a crucial situation. And I think you're going to see that probably in game four, that, you know, if the, the game is and he he has a chance to either tie it up or beat you he'll probably wind up walking you know you're going to walk the guy and, and take your chances with whoever's behind him oh uh, you're absolutely right with hicks i've watched his at bats he's done a great job he's worked the count uh he's he's very difficult to pitch pitch to right now he's done an outstanding job uh, it's nice to see that it's nice to see that way 
It is. You know, it's and, just and, uh, it is frustrating. It's just frustrating the way they go about things. It's frustrating to see the Yankees play the way they do. Uh, it's frustrating to see that the front office has to get involved in in every single move and every single uh, aspect of a postseason game. You want to do it in the regular season, go ahead. You want to do it in the postseason, it, it's not. There's not room for that. You know, one championship in 20 years. The Yankees have spent millions and millions to revamp their analytic department, their pitching department. Their, you know, they've even added a whole new wing over there at Himes in Tampa, Florida, and, and just nothing on. I mean, nothing but analytics and pitching and cameras and all this other crap and it, it just uh, to me it doesn't work in the postseason you want to do it in the regular season you want to take these minor leaguers and try to make them a robot go ahead uh, but you know robots can't win you, you know you got to have the natural ability of these players and with Gary Sanchez to get back with him real quick he is a talent and uh, he has a, he's very talented and I think the Yankees are really afraid I, it'd be interesting to see what they do in the wintertime I think they need to trade him they need to go, go out and get a quality starter for him teams will still want Gary Sanchez because teams will look at him and say I can make him a better catcher I can make him a better hitter and I can take the mental part out of his game where he can be successful in the field. The Yankees can't do that. The Yankees are afraid that he'll go and he'll be a superstar somewhere else. So what? He's not going to be a superstar with you. He's not. Let him be a superstar with someone else. Go out and get a quality starter for him and then it's a wash. Who cares if he succeeds? Trade him to a National League club. Trade him to a club that you never see him ever. And, and then you are then you could be satisfied. But he, he's not going to have success as a Yankee. I'm sorry. Well, not only that, you don't even have to trade him for a top-of-the-line starter because there's a top-of-the-line starter that's a free agent uh, out there this year, uh, one that isn't a Yankee currently right now. I'm talking about Tanaka and Paxton. Well, I'm talking about Trevor Bauer, who actually tweeted at the Yankees and said, hmm, looks like the Yankees could use a little more starting pitching. And I know maybe Nelly, and, and we'll talk about this more when the Yankees season is officially over, whenever that may be, because we have to look forward to next season, look toward to next season. But if you're if you're the Yankees and you want to win World Series championships, if you're serious about this, I know Bauer comes with baggage. I get it. Uh, he he walked off the mound after a strikeout like Conor McGregor. Uh, he's all over Twitter with his antics. It's it's tough to take at times. But to me, the only time I'm worried about the guy is every fifth day. And what he did against the Braves over eight innings in the in the wild card series. I know the Reds lost the series eventually, but not because of Trevor Bauer. He is lights out. If you put him, if you attach Cole and Bauer, and then you have Severino as your three, because you really. We st let's be honest. We still don't know what Severino is. He hasn't been on the field long enough for us to know what kind of pitcher Severino is. He's been good at times. He's been bad at times. But if you hook Cole and Bauer up together and then have, and you make the rest of your rotation with some of the kids you have now and Severino, I think you're looking at something that could be deep and great, but I don't think they'll go that way. And I know you don't think they'll go that way either. Yeah, you know, as far as somebody succeeding in New York, and hopefully the fans are there next year. You, you know, we get all over. We get he's rid of this built for it, Nelly. That's why you know, I'm saying it. He's I built know. for it. I, I think he's a guy that will be able to handle New York. He'll be able to handle the media. You, you know, he's uh, he's a perfect fit for the Yankees as far as you know, not worrying about how is he going to be able to handle things. You know, the only thing that I, I you know. I think you'd be a great Yankee, and you mentioned. And I think I think Cole and, and Bauer were college teammates out at UCLA. So to have them back together again, I, I think that would be great. And I just don't know how much the Yankees will want to go down that route as far as all the antics and the, and the social media tweets and his cleats and all this other stuff. Uh, 
you know, like you mentioned, he comes with a lot of baggage, but he backs it up. And, you know, to have him as your number two starter, he's got nasty stuff, man. He has really got nasty stuff, and he proved it in the playoffs that he can pitch there. Um, if there are other teams are going to look at him. He's tweeted out against, you know, about the San Diego Padres, you know, put him in club with Clevenger and, and Lament, and, you know, and, and have him in that rotation. You know, that makes them that much better, and they, they're going to compete even, even more with the Dodgers. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, I still think you have some trade chips that you can use, whether it's Andujar, uh, whether it's Frazier, Definitely. whether it's Sanchez to go out and trade for some quality pitching. Guys, let me close it up, close up shop here and react to some of the things you said. First off, don't look ahead of the offseason yet. Listen, you guys said it would go five. I said it would go five. So this series isn't over. A monster mistake really hurt them and could plague them. But they could still come back and win these two games. So, you know, the season isn't over. There still could be games next week, so don't write it off yet. Uh, point number two is JT Mudo will be in a Mets uniform, so stop, stop <laughs> asking for him because uh, we're, we're going to pay him. Point number three is, like you said, Trevor Bauer is kind of clowning with a lot of fan bases where every day it seems like he's tweeting to a new team of, oh, it seems like you need new starting pitching, winky, wink, wink. Um, so, you know, it seems like he would go to anyone at this point. But the sky has not fallen yet. You know, the loss was bad. The computerizing the analytics is bad. It's a big mistake. But this is a team that has had their their offense power them to victories before. And they could do it two more times. So if I'm trying to pump up some Yankee fans here, it's that this thing ain't over yet. And if it does end, guess what? You would say this, that the better team won. The Rays crushed the Yankees all season long. So it, it's not like this is, should be a surprise to many people because this is just how the regular season played out. And in, in this weird season with no fans, this team was built for it. I know Nelson Figueroa on our podcast said the Rays, beginning of the season, said Rays are going to the World Series. They have too many arms, too many pitchers, too much talent. And this season works out great for them, and they're used to no fans. So, listen, it's not over yet. Breathe a little bit, and maybe we'll be talking Monday about the ALCS and the Yankees in it. I highly doubt it, and here's why. And we'll wrap things up by getting Nelly's thoughts on this because I want to know what he feels about it. Masahiro Tanaka in Game 3, Jeff, went deep into a lot of counts, was nibbling, was not getting calls. And if you think that is bad, if you've watched Jordan Montgomery throughout his brief tenure with the Yankees, he's that times like 10. So if he goes out there and he's not aggressive and he doesn't go after the race hitters and he's getting deep into counts and we're seeing his pitch count get up there early and the Rays get an early lead, uh, this one's over. You know, they're doing a bullpen game in game four. They have the stable to do it. So I, I am not very confident in this game four. Nelly, how do you feel about Montgomery in game four? You know, I'm not confident either. You know, no, yes, they can win I'm just win trying tonight. to be honest. I'm no, I know. I'm, I'm not too confident either. You know, I wasn't really confident going into this series. I felt like the Yankees could win game, you know, win it in five games only because of Cole. And obviously, if they do go five games, I think the Yankees do win because of Cole. Um, I'm just not confident with the Yankees bullpen after Montgomery. And how long is Montgomery going to last? As soon as he gets in trouble, I mean, your leash is going to be so short. You got to pull him anyway. You can't let him get into a situation where he's given up three or four runs because uh, the Rays are used to the bullpen. They're used to doing bullpen games. They do have a really good bullpen. They have a deep bullpen. They have a lot of arms down there. And you talk to him 
hitters. And one of the biggest things is when you're constantly seeing different looks out of that bullpen and you're never seeing the same pitcher more than more than once. And, you know, that second and third time around the lineup is eliminated when you have a bullpen day. It becomes tough to hit with the Rays bullpen. It's going to be tough to hit. I just don't have a lot of confidence in what the Yankees. I'm really disappointed in what they did in game two. And I think they're going to wind up paying for it. Yeah. If they win tonight, though, I think they take it in five with Cole back on the mound because that guy is just in another stratosphere and I think he'll put the team on his back and he'll take them to an ALCS and we'll be talking about the Yankees against the A's or the Yankees against uh, the Houston Astros. Every little thing is gonna be alright. That says peace. See you later to episode 34 of the Mel Stottlemyle or AJ Burnett edition of the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown for producing the show. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review, please. You can also subscribe to The Post's brand-new Renaissance Man podcast with Jalen Rose wherever you get your podcasts. For Yankees great Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Sheeran. We'll be back Monday after the ALDS to get into the ALCS, or we'll be cleaning out our lockers for the 2020 edition of the pod. Talk to you all then. Stay safe.